Okay. Everybody helping you so clean up the room, clean up the toys, clean up the toys. Everybody doing it so clean up the toys. Say what you say. Welcome back to Hot Marriage Cool Parents. We are so excited that you're here. Yes, I'm Doug. And I'm Jamie. And we have an amazing guest this week. Someone yes. that I personally really wanted to talk to for very personal reasons. This will be the second time that this person comes on the podcast. Have we had anybody that came on more, maybe my parents, more than Like your parents times? came on a few times. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if we have. It hasn't been many, so it's... But fi- financial guru... Yes. Children's book author. Yes. And overall amazing, genuine, down-to-earth person. Yes. Rachel Cruz will be on the podcast in a little bit. Yes. And so if you know Rachel Cruz, her father is David Ramsey, and he's built an empire on basically helping people budget and save and get out of debt. Mm -hmm. But before we go there, uh, we're going to share the five-star review ASAP because this is a brand new one. Thank you so much for those of you who are, you know, taking time out of your busy lives. I say this all the time, but it's, it really is so meaningful to us because I know how busy we all are. And I know that a lot of you are listening in this in your earbuds and you're not necessarily, you know, you don't have the capability to just like stop and, and leave a review, review, but you do. And so that really, I mean, truly that means an awful lot to us because, um, the reviews are what help this, this podcast be successful. And we're just so thankful for you and your feedback too. Yeah. And love that. So this one is from Jenny, Benny, 1025. And she says raw and real. I love how no topic is off limits with you and Doug. You guys share real and raw emotions on every show. Your marriage is an inspiration. I have watched you since beginning of married at first sight and loved you guys from the first show. Thank you for sharing your life and sticky baby dust for you guys. Your kids are so adorable. Oh my goodness, Jen. Thank you so much. Thank for that. you, Jen. I'll take all the sticky baby dust to be very honest. Uh, I f- I wonder where that phrase came from, sticky baby dust. I could tell you. Um, Is it from Peter Pan? No, it's because, well, ba- people used to say baby dust, like giving you baby dust, but then people, like a lot of women lose babies. And so sticky means that the baby's going to stick and be healthy. Uh, and so instead of just saying, I'm spending all the baby dust to you, it's now like sticky baby dust. Like this baby's going to be healthy. It's going to stick. It's going to stay. And I guess I'm caught up on the word dust. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> baby dust. <laughs> yeah. Just sounds a little strange to me. Oh, and speaking of baby dust, uh, we got an exciting Amazon package in the mail. Yeah. I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but I like packaged it up to Doug because he's kind of clueless when it comes to all this stuff, like yeah. the trying to conceive stuff. Was it last episode or the episode before? What episode? What I think it was about? two episodes ago where we kind of went over things to help fertility uh, and, and stuff that you could do at home, tips and tricks and, and what people were saying. So there were a few items that we mentioned that Jamie went out and ordered. And so she hands me this box and in the box is pre-seed castor oil, um, mucinex and maca root. Yeah. Well, I, first of all, and then when I shared that someone, um, who clearly listens to the podcast, she commented and she was saying, I hope you know what to do with the castor oil. And I was like, I love that you said that (laughs) just like that, because that's like saying I listen to your podcast every single week without saying that because I knew exactly what she was talking about. And it was so fun to have kind of like a inside joke between us and whoever else listens to Hot Marriage School Parents. Yeah, because when I think of oil, 
I think it's very appropriate to wonder what what do you do with the oil? Is it placed somewhere? Is it on you? Do you eat it? Place it under your tongue? I mean, there's uh, a lot of different things that you could do with it. Is it supposed to go inside the body or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, that's what we talked about. <laughs> couple episodes go back. If you haven't listened to that one yet, it's really funny because, I mean, it's not funny. It's kind of sad. It's sad and funny. And when you listen to it, or if you've already listened to it, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. But, um, so I did some research and some digging because I'm like, okay, the number one thing I get for trying to conceive, and like, this is our journey right now where we're at. So right now we're at like, I'm 37. I have uh, hypothyroidism. I have low to normal AMH. I have um, MTHFR. And I have a blocked fallopian tube. And so those were like, obviously all kind of stacked against me. And so I, the fertility doctor was like, yeah, we recommend IVF. It's, you know, for him, he's like, it's, you know, he just feels like that's like the safer, easier route to go. But I'm like, uh, it's expensive. It's Mm -hmm. so grueling on a woman to go through IVF. If you've ever talked to anyone who's ever had to go through that, it is so grueling emotionally mentally physically because it's not a guarantee right it's not a guarantee but you're also like shooting like shooting injections in yourself for like uh, hormones and like all sorts of different things and and then and, and then it's not a guarantee and so so wait um, if it's oh, not a, i was gonna say if it's not a if there's no guarantee um and i don't mean i don't mean this to be silly or sarcastic and i realize it may come off that way but if it doesn't work is there a difference in cost no, like you pay. Like you have to pay. Of course you have all- to pay because they provided their services either way. And the other thing why our fertility specialist recommends IVF is that we both have biotinidase deficiency, which, um, so which because- why I'm balding. <laughs> which is why I have like receding hairline since I was like 19. Um, not really, but I always put like dry shampoo up in the corners of my hair because like no, no matter what, like if I'm a little stressed, if I'm postpartum, I lose hair like on the sides of my head. It's so bizarre. But anyways, um, these are all these odds that are striked against us. And so he was like, I think IVF because you can test the embryo to make sure this baby does it. Cause there's a 25% chance. Like we got lucky, you know, that Henley and Hendricks don't have this biotinidase deficiency, but there's a 25% chance that our next baby could have it. And if the baby does have it, it can be fatal if it's not caught. If it is caught, then the baby will, you know, we can just get medication and whatnot. But my thought is- I didn't know that. What do you mean? No, like I didn't, I didn't know that until our recent visit. Like I didn't, I didn't know that when we first got those tests where it showed that we were, we both had biotinidase deficiency. Well, that's because- we lost Jonathan. And so we were so caught up in the emotion of losing our firstborn baby that that seemed like, like I didn't even care. Like I didn't even talk to you about it that much. Like I was supposed to go to a genetics counselor because it's a big deal and nothing seemed like a big deal to me except from Jonathan. So I never even went that route and I didn't really talk to you about it. Like I just, I was just so depressed, but, um, but now that we're here and we're trying for another baby, I can't tell you how thankful I am for her, for Henley and Hendricks. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm so thankful. And my heart goes out like one of my longtime girlfriends, her name's Becky. And, um, she reached out yesterday on uh, DMS and she was just saying how she's, I think she said she's 47 and she, she's, you know, been trying everything to have a baby that can't afford IVF. And she's like, I I'm scared that I'm not going to be a mom. And honestly, my heart mm. breaks for the women who are going through this without children, because 
my saving, like the only reason that I'm not like a puddle on the floor is because I have two beautiful, healthy children. And I know I'm so blessed. And if, yeah. if God wants us to have another child, then we will. And if not, then we won't. And I feel so content in that, but I can't imagine not having children right now going through and trying like, and, trying, and yeah, trying. Yeah. And then trying to become content with if God's plan for you is to not have any biological children. And so, it is a weird, it, it is a weird concept mentally to think that, you know, there is a chance that you can get pregnant, but you can't afford it. Like that's just, it's that part is, yeah. is strange to me where it's just like, I could possibly have a baby this way, but I can't afford it. Yeah. Um, that's like such a weird concept. Yeah. It's kind of, I can imagine for her also very frustrating when people say, just do IVF. Like, why aren't you just going to that fertility yeah. doctor? And it's like, that is so expensive and it's so grueling and taxing. And then, you know, there's also a thought of like, what do you do if you do get many embryos and the first one takes, then you have these other embryos frozen. I mean, that's a, a whole different mentality that I don't think people really think about. And it, to me, it's, it's like, well, you can take I the embryo and put it in another woman, right? Yeah, you can. And that's another thing that, I mean, I would potentially, I mean, people donate their embryos then if they are done, but like, that is a lot. Yeah. Like that is a very heavy topic for me. Like, it's just like, it's just a lot to think about. Like, I don't know if I would be comfortable disposing of the embryos. I guess I probably, I don't, I don't know. Like, what do you do? Or do you donate them? And then you have your biological child with someone else. Um, I mean, donate them to science. Or you can donate them to science, which I am very much a big like proponent like a big fan of that because I feel like how else are we ever going to grow but like that is there is emotional turmoil on every single step of IVF and so my thought is that I would rather try my darndest to do this myself and leave it all truly like I don't want to have to make those big decisions so those are really big decisions to yeah. make and I just want to I'm like God can't you just bless me with a normal natural pregnancy. And, and I really feel like, um, I've said this so many times on the podcast, but in like, just in general, in real life, I genuinely believe that if you, you know, put your goals and your dreams out there and you really do your due diligence to try to achieve those, you will receive them. And I get goosebumps thinking about it because every single, every single thing in my life, I've kind of it's not like it all just like came to me on shining play. Like I really have worked hard for it. Like even like our marriage, you know, like, yeah, I mean, you had premonitions and foreshadows and yeah. yeah. And it's not even, I mean, I, so I really believe if you can kind of step back and meditate and whether you believe in God or the universe or mother earth or whatever it is, there's absolutely a higher power out there. It can be whatever you believe it to be. I personally believe that it's God and I just go to him and lean on him and ask him that his will is done in my life and that I'm fulfilling his purpose. And these are the things that I'm hoping for. And if it's his will that I'll receive them and then I'll envision myself with that. Like when I'm at the gym, I literally close my eyes and I picture myself with pregnant with twins. Sorry, Doug. <laughs> but like I picture myself pregnant with twins and for some reason they're like <laughs> little girls with brown hair, which is very odd because our kids are not. And it's two girls? It's two girls. Um, be outnumbered here. Yeah, but um, I mean, I don't know that I'll ever, you know, but I, I that's, that's kind of like my dreams and not that they're, I could actually. I guess you have twins in your family. I do and I do would love to have twins, but I really just would love another child. Yeah. I know Henley and Hendricks, oh, golly, like, you know, we FaceTimed Diana yesterday and 
for those of you who don't know, which I'm sure everyone knows, but Diana was my, I mean, she worked with us for many, many years. She started for a off really long time. as like a girlfriend and then she was, she's just like Helped blessed. with the podcast uh, when oh, we first started it yeah. and has like, been with us ever since really Henley was born. Oh yeah. She's been with us before Henley because yeah. she offered to help me way back when I was doing my jewelry business and I was, she ordered a piece of jewelry and I wasn't able to fulfill it and I felt so bad. And so I said, I'm so sorry, but I can, you're just, can you just like, I mean, this is awful as a business owner to be like, can you just wait for, uh, do you need it right now? Because I don't have time. I have, I was working at the hospital as well. And she was like, it sounds like you need help. Do you need help? I'm like, oh, I cannot afford any help. Like th- thanks, but no thanks. And yeah. she was like, oh, I'll just do it. And and then she did, and I was like, oh, that's really so sweet, but I can't accept your help if I can't pay you. Like, that yeah. doesn't feel right. And so then when we brought the podcast, and obviously we have ads in the podcast, I was like, I have a budget to pay her now. And so I said, Diana, do you want to come back and work and you can edit the podcast? The woman has never edited a podcast in her life, but she and is- Figures things out. Like, she, she figures everything out. And she's just passionate and smart and caring. And so we became- you know, so she started, I hired her to, to, to edit our podcast and she, um, became like a sister to me like over time. And speaking of that, we, I am looking to hire another person and these positions are so meaningful to me because you're in my house, you're with my family, you're with, you know, you're with us. And this is, this is more than just a business. This is this is our lives. This is our whole being. And so we're looking to hire someone to help kind a of trustworthy someone. Yeah. And loyal, uh, who's Sarasota local who will be able to just kind of help like manage. There's a lot of things I know that like on the outside, it probably looks like, I mean, I get asked all the time, what do you do? Like, how do you make money? Like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh gosh, we, if you were in the behind the scenes, there's so much that goes on behind yeah. preparing and planning for a podcast. Uh, even like my Instagram and finding Emails, brands contracts, that I want to work with. Yeah. Uh, that is like and making sure I get the like a the best deal I can for my girlfriends when I'm giving a discount code. I mean, there's so much work that goes into it, and so we're looking for someone to kind of help manage all of that, primarily like emails and things of that nature. So, if you're a Sarasota uh, Sarasota lady and or you live within an hour and you're able to come to my house and work with us, my email is jamie at jamieotis.com, and you can just <laughs> slide right on in there. I'll be looking forward to receiving your email. But um, anyways. <laughs> What I was saying though is Diana just she started working for us and so she had to stop because she's a stay-at-home mommy now and so I'm so happy for her but the kids we were at dinner yesterday just last night and um the kids and I were FaceTiming her to see baby Arwen Diana's new baby and Henley's like they were just like squishing on my belly and like mommy when are you having a baby like is the baby in there yet like where's the baby mom when is it happening and I'm like we don't talk about it in front of them, like trying, trying. I, was, I just say, you know, mommy and daddy are trying. We would yeah, love to have a baby. We'll really see. Trying. Yeah. But they are so excited to have another, like have a baby. And so, you know, no pressure kids. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, we don't, we don't really talk about it around them just because, you know, the, we don't want to have the expectation like it's coming. And yeah, no, we have no idea. This is all not, in God's hand. You know, then always asking and yeah, yeah, just can get into the weeds there. But, but man, I can't wait. Cause I, this is what I'm saying back to like envisioning things and believing things for yourself, for, for you listening. If you're stuck on something that you really want, the best advice I have for you, and I'm saying this in faith, not even pregnant yet. Whoa. 
Oh, shoot. That's uh, Henley's school, and there she's probably hoping that I go do garden today, which I should probably do garden today. She probably has no one to help her. Mm. You know, just real mom life over <laughs> here. Uh, there's she Henley's school has a garden, and um, they have garden moms. Yeah, yeah. And um, I did not volunteer this year. So speaking of Diana and how helpful she's been in my life, and she was like, Jamie, if I could give you one recommendation for next year, because I was just a kindergarten. I was at that school almost every, I mean, I was just there all the time and I loved it, but it is hard to work. Plus be yeah, like constant. Yeah. And, like yeah. that is very difficult. And she was like, if I give you one piece of advice for next year, don't volunteer to be class mom or garden mom, like let someone else take that reign yeah. and then you can just help them. And Which I just great advice. Yeah. That's really, truly great advice. Um, but back to, in case, also, like, I don't know if they heard that the phone was ringing or not. So. Maybe. So if you heard, that was why <laughs> I just totally got sidetracked because total rookie move. And yeah. actually, I was like, looking at my phone, I'm like, I know I put it on silent. It is on silent. It's my computer's in here. So it rang through my computer. Because I'm funny. like, I wouldn't not put my phone on silent for a podcast. But that was just the garden mom. I know exactly what she's going to ask. She's going to ask if I can volunteer today. But yeah. Well, um, I think that we had such a fantastic interview with Rachel. Maybe we just bring Rachel on. Uh, yeah, no, honestly, Rachel. So Rachel Cruz, well, real fast, I wanted to, to finish this thought. The okay. thought was that if you're struggling with something and you are really wanting it, you believe that you deserve it, you need it, you want it, um, you feel like it should be like, you know, you have that feeling like for me, like this baby, like I could very easily just stop because I have two beautiful, loving, wonderful children, but there's Which just would like, take a lot of pressure off. Yeah. But it's not even that, like, it's like, I have this feeling inside that our family is not complete. And it like that feeling is a very interesting feeling. Like, it's like, I can't just like, like brush it off. You know, it's not like I want to go, you know, buy something or I want like a car or something. It's like, it's like a child that I feel like belongs to us that like we need to not give up on. And so needless to say, I, if you have something like that in your life, like whether it's marriage, like you believe that you, like there's someone supposed to be there for you start really like believing it and seeing it and manifesting it in your life. I genuinely believe Visualize, in that. Yeah. Have faith and be thankful for it before it even comes to you. And I'm sitting here trying to practice what I preach, like being thankful for what God has in like in store for us because why would he put these why would he put these desires on our heart if that isn't what he has intended for our lives? And so that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, and I hope that that's helpful for you. And the, other, the last thing I just wanted to say was that I did figure out what to do with the castor oil. So if you listen to a couple episodes back and, you're, and like you're trying to conceive as well and you're like, okay, girl, I listen, I got the castor oil, I got the maca root, I got the pre-seed, I've got the mucinex, I have some tips for you. So castor oil is not to go inside, FYI. It's uh, not to, to go know. inside anywhere. No orifices in your body or is it supposed to go inside? You're supposed to just... Um, glide it over your belly and apparently something in castor oil helps increase blood circulation to like your womanly organs and so it's supposed to help with that and hmm. also i mean i just absolutely love and there's our dog there's our dog thanks lady for protecting the house we love you <laughs> there's literally like our lawn care people are here right now you know, just the real life over at Hot Marriage yep. Co-Parents. You can expect nothing less than that. Um, but 
I've also heard from this amazing community. I'm just absolutely obsessed with you. Like I call you my best friends because you really are my best friends and you're my <laughs> girlfriends and I love you. So they said, also be careful. You want, might want to test the castor oil on a small part of your body because it does cause sensitivity in some women. So there's that. Then also Mucinex. Uh, I got Mucinex DM. Like do not get the Mucinex DM. That actually dries out your, mus- your mucus. So it's the Mucinex that is... Um, it helps like increase the, it makes your mucus a little thinner. And so it helps like the sperm swim up to the egg. But if you get the DM, it dries out your mucus. That is a hundred percent against, like I got the wrong one. And I'm like, thank God for telling me this because I mean, none of this stuff is scientifically backed, but uh, women all over the world say that it works for them. So I'm like, I'm willing to try it. So those are two tips. Castor oil, test a small amount before you just pour it all over your stomach. Uh, Mucinex, don't get DM, get regular Mucinex and you take it about 45 minutes prior to doing the deed and then it's been in your system and you're able to, you know, do your thing. And- so I know as soon as I see that Mucinex <laughs> wrapper, I am getting ready. You get ready. And then um, the maca root you take every day, but apparently also a side effect for that that a lot of women have is they get, which I already have. So I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. But they say that you get um, like blemishes around like your neck and your, like your uh, jawline, which I actually, whenever I'm stressed, I get like yeah, itchy. Yeah, kind of like you're flushed. Yeah. Well, like that. well, no, I get like these itchy spots, which are kind of like blemishes, I guess. Yeah, They're yeah. not like infected or anything, but I get like these itchy spots when I'm stressed, like around my neck and like my jawline and stuff. But so that's with them. I'm like with the mockery, I'm like, oh golly, I hope I don't get more of them. But yeah. if that's the price you pay for a beautiful yeah. angel, I'll, I'll pay it. And then what was the last thing? Precede. Precede. Oh, precede. By the way, we We've used before. Yeah, we have used precede before. Like we definitely recommend both Henley and Hendrix came from precede. But I do have to say that with like a the good disclaimer that it wasn't as easy as like the first try. Like I, th- I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I used precede once and I got pregnant. It wasn't like that for us. So like I don't want you to, bit, yeah. to be discouraged if it's not like that for you. But there are a lot of women that say that they've used these things, all of these things I just mentioned, and then they got pregnant a month later. So, you know, if you're trying to conceive, this is a great, for me, I think this is a great place for us to start, like to just, why not incorporate it? I don't think it even cost me $50 for all of those things. And yeah. I just ordered them right from Amazon. And so, yeah, um, without further ado, though, we're going to bring Rachel on because we had such a great conversation with her and uh, she's just a, such a wonderful person to talk to. And she has great advice for money and budgeting and tips on how to help your kids learn how to yes. deal with money and budgeting. But also like, I feel like be glad for what they have. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended. You'll see why we say that in a second. But I was just going to say like, money and budgeting for our kids but also for us because mostly for us because we don't know how to do yeah so then we can you have to learn i think as the parent before you can instill that in your children so we're trying now at 37 and 41 oh my gosh you're 41 am i you are for you're 41 yeah i kind of forgot about that i forgot i turned 41 too yeah that was just last month that's why but like 37 and 41 like we're getting we're getting a little up there you know what I, I i still feel like i'm 40 and that's all that matters so so anyways we're still learning these things it's never too late right yeah, but let's so bring let's- rachel on i am pumped because rachel cruz who is a two-time number one national best-selling author financial expert host of the rachel cruz show and co-host of smart money happy hour is here with us today on Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Yay, welcome, Rachel. Oh, thank you, guys. It's so good to be back with you. 
Oh, we're so excited to have you. So Rachel has served at Ramsey Solutions, where she teaches people how to avoid debt, budget, and win with money at any stage in life. She's also been speaking to audiences as large as 10,000 people since age 15, when she began making appearances with her father, Dave Ramsey. She's appeared on several national TV shows and featured in many, many magazines and believes it's possible for anyone to turn around their finances, win with money and build a life that they love. And we are pumped to have you on because let me tell you, I feel like- We need help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're like- We are in We all do. We all do. Let's be honest. We're pumped to have you on because we could really yes. use some advice. <laughs> so this is I'm like- I'm here for you. This is a consultation. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We'll go through everything. We won't show anyone your numbers, but we'll we'll secretly walk through okay. everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, you know, Rachel, so I we kind of go way back. We've been on the podcast before. And when I saw that you wrote this new children's book, I'm glad for what I have, I was like, wait a minute, that title. I need this for my kids because I feel like kids right now, we're in this day and age where and not even just kids, honestly, even me too. This is why I'm like, I need advice, Rachel. Um, just where we're constantly thinking that we might need something else to make us happy to kind of fill that void. And I hadn't even read the book, never saw any of the, all the five-star reviews. I mean, there's so much hoopla around this book, but I didn't even see any of that. I just saw the title and was like, wait, Rachel, I need this for my kids. So what, I mean, obviously the book is, is, is so congratulations on this. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you guys. You guys have been so kind and generous on Instagram and stuff and kind of spreading the word. So I really, yeah. I, that means a lot. Well, uh, we, a lot of what we talk about, even while we're sitting down for dinner is talking about what our kids are grateful for. And I think every parent sort of falls into the trap of your kid goes to the store and they ask for everything. And my immediate reaction is you should be thankful you should be grateful for what you have. People don't have these things that you have. And I think your book really highlights a, an appropriate way for parents to communicate with their kids about let's let's use the things that we have here. Yes. Yeah. You know, and it's a really hard balance because stuff itself is not bad, right? Like it's not bad to have nice stuff and to have stuff like that's not a bad thing. You love stuff. That's right. We all do. Right. And so but it's when it becomes it becomes this role in our lives of what we expect it to accomplish within us. We expect it. You said, Jamie, for us to be happy, we expect it to fulfill something in us that it just can't. And I think for our kids, it is such a mirror for ourselves. And I literally wrote this book for me. I mean, I, that my I'm a spender. I love stuff. I love to shop. Like, I mean, I am I am more of that in the comparison game and all of that. I will fall into that side of life much faster than like my husband, who's like, eh, I'm good. You know, I find myself being like, oh, that next thing, whether it's a coat or a vacation, like whatever it is. So when my kids started parenting back things that I probably have said in front of them of like, oh, the, Am the Amazon guy's here. Like my three-year-old was like, just Amazon it the other day. And I thought, oh my gosh, what have I created? Like I've created these monsters. Aww. And so I was like, I want this message to be spoken over our kids that, hey, we want and want and want. And if we get and get and get, which the animals in the book, their kind of wish comes true. Yeah. They realize, oh my gosh, this is not what I felt like it was going to feel like. What is the thing that's going to fulfill me? So, um, so the book, I'm like, yes, it is for the kids, but I did purposefully write it. And as a parent, I have an eight, six and three-year-old. When I read kids books to my kids, the ones that have messages at the end that like hit me in the heart, I selfishly love those as a parent. So I was like, I want there to be some level of encouragement for parents out there 
that when they hear that truth said out loud, it's good for them too, you know, because we all need it. We all do. Whether you're four or 34 or 54, it is, we live in this world. And the crazy thing is too, I'm like, you know, so much of like, when we go to the store, like you're saying, dad, like they, they, they look around and they're like, oh my gosh, I want one. And now what's scary is so much of our buying is on our phones. So they don't see even a card come out, a debit card to swipe. They don't see cash. It's Apple Pay, right? You're double clicking and it shows up. So even that separation of purchasing, I'm like, oh, it's convenient and it's great. We use it. But also sure. I have to be that much more intentional with my kids. Like you'll have to understand there's money. There's money out there that goes from work to a bank account to Amazon to our door. Like there is a natural flow that happens. And so yeah, parenting today, it's just, you have to be that much more detailed, which is hard. It's so true. So I wanted to ask you, because I have a friend who uses an app and I think her kids are around the same as your kids. And she uses an app that helps. So essentially like they have a list of chores and then when they, like when they finish getting those chores done, then they get some money put into there and there's a debit card associated with it. And you can approve purchases yeah, and set an allowance. Yeah. And all these things. And I know that the Ramsey, like you and your father uh, ha have like all sorts of systems in place for all these things. Do you have anything that you do with your children to give them this allowance so that then they can kind of see, all right, you earned this money because you did these chores and now you can spend, uh, you can give, you can, you know, yeah. do you have something like that set in place as well for your children? Yes. So we do. We're not like, and I always say this because it's just true. We're just not, we're not perfect at it. We're not consistent. I'll look up and it's been two weeks. I'm like, oh, geez. And I talk about this. I'm like, I do interviews on this all the time. I need to be more consistent. So it's hard for everyone. So just give yourself grace, number yeah. one. But yes, yeah, so we do a commission system. So instead of allowance, it's commission. So you oh, work, you get paid. You don't work, you don't get paid. I and I think it. that's really, yeah, because I want to tie one of the basic foundational principles with kids. I want to tie work and money. I don't yeah. want what we're talking about, this mystery of stuff just shows up. Like right. they need to understand when you work, you that's how you make money. Money doesn't just come from mom and dad. You have yeah. to go out and work. And so associating that very early is important for me uh, and my kids. And so I yeah, a list of chores and it's just like, hey, here's what you're responsible for. And if you do it, you get paid. If you don't do it, you don't get paid. And so then there is a list of chores too that they do just because they're, they're part of the family. So yesterday they all had to clean up their room and stuff. And so, and, and one of them asked, do we get a dollar? And I was like, no, because that's not on your short chart. And that, that's just expected of you because there mm -hmm. is stuff that like you don't get paid for as adults, right? We have to do right, stuff yeah. every day. You don't get paid for it. But I do think you miss teachable lessons when some parents go that route completely where they're like, we're not paying our kids for anything. They should just be expected, which I get. But I think that there's lessons to be learned. Like when they earn their money, you divide it up into three categories, give, save, and spend. And you can do this with envelopes, with jars. I mean, the younger they are, the more visual I think is important. Okay. And yeah. And teaching them to give some, to save some, and they can have a little savings goal that's, you know, $10 and over a few weeks they can save up. And then the spend where they can, they can go and enjoy and have fun with it. So yeah, those three things I think are key. So it's really not that difficult, especially when you have little ones. It's just the time that it yeah. takes and remembering yeah. with the craziness of life to kind of keep it as a rhythm. And, and it's amazing. Just those small things for kids to pick up on. I mean, it's huge. I mean, as a parent, I'm like, you're winning if you're doing any level of that, I think. Yeah. I mean, we, we have, uh, we, we have little piggy banks for the kids Yes, um, and you know, they, they do their chores there. There's I'm, I'm conflicted with the ages. So my daughter's six, our son is three. I like the idea of, of it being commissioned. 
Um, but we're also getting to the point where it's like, now my daughter is negotiating for everything. She really <laughs> Like if I eat one broccoli, can I have this? Like there's a, you know, there's a there's like little union workers. It's like everything I move, I get paid. Everything. And, you know, I, I want to try to teach her the concept of, of money. Like even the food she has on the table, like this is stuff that we work for. This is, you know, stuff that we had to buy. And from someone that never, my parents never taught me the concept yep. of money, saving, budgeting. That just wasn't, I, I saw my mom write out her own checkbook and do the balancing and everything. But yeah. it was never a sit down and be like, you know, this, you know, money is this. So mm -hmm. when, when you're looking at parents, especially with parents that have toddlers and they want to prepare their kids, uh, what are some parenting hacks that you would recommend for, for something like that to teach them the value and the concept of money? Yes. Well, I think when they're really little, like that, you know, three, four years old, um, five, even, um, again, they can do some basic things around the house chore-wise if you want. But I think even small things like saying no and teaching them boundaries and limits in life, but with stuff and with buying, I think is really important. And I think, you know, some parents, it's so easy where it's like, oh, it's on Amazon. It's $7.99. We'll just buy, you know, like we could, we can, we have the money. So just do it. It's fine. And it can start to be in this rhythm of just because something's convenient and you can afford it. But what I've learned, especially when they're little, when they can hear no, and, and try to give a reason. Sometimes you can't reason with a three-year-old, but to be able to show them like, hey, this, like there's 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 boundaries in life and not everything is just open-handed and you can go do whatever you want. And so even small conversations like that, um, for me, I think are huge because, you know, it's, it's, it is difficult. And I talk to a lot of parents where they're like, what do you do when you want to be able to give your kids nice things, or you want to be able to go on great experiences. Like how do you not raise entitled kids that they expect that all the time? And so I think a baseline norm of what you want your household to feel like is really big. And then the abnormal stuff, yes, we'll get you a nice purse at Christmas when you're 15 years old, whatever, right? Like there will be things that we will do for you that are nice, but that's not the norm. The norm is this. And then the other thing I would say is so much of us, which we hear as parents all the time that our kids watch us, yeah. But it is so true. I'm like, if you are a grateful person, your kids are going to see that and they're going to expect that's how life works. And you are grateful that that is what you do because mom and dad do that. Like, mm -hmm. it is amazing how much our attitude around money is big and they pick up on it. That if you're stressed and you go and buy, they start to they start to associate. Oh, OK, that must be when things are really tense and stuff. OK, we, we go and buy. Right. Like, they start to pick up on these correlations. So. Yeah. So much of us as parents and how we handle money and the role money plays in our lives, it rubs off on them and they see it. When you have somebody, when you have parents that say thank you to the waiter every time they refill yeah. the water, your kids pick up on that, you know? So it's those small things that I think are really big to set the expectation for our kids. Real fast, while we're in the midst of chatting about books and all these things, I want to let you know that I have my book. It's called Wifey 101. If you're watching on Instagram, I will show you my book. It's Wifey 101. I wrote this about one year into being married. We are going to be 10 years married Ten. in March, which is 
astounding. And I'm about to take a little retreat and I'm going to update this book. So then these original copies that are available right now will never be available again. So these are going to be treasured items. I have them available signed on my website at jamiotis.com, which by the way, don't judge. It's like has not been updated since (laughs) before we had kids. I I had kids and then never, ever looked at that website again, but um, uh, I got to do that as well. But um, they'll all be available there. They're also available on Amazon. If you don't want a signed copy, they're, I think they're less than $10. Uh, yeah. And you'll never be able to get these books again. So if you're interested in Wifey my book, 101. Wifey 101, um, I poured my heart and soul into this and I'm about to pour my heart and soul into it all over again. I haven't read it myself in so long. And so I'm excited for this project, but I wanted to give it, like, let you hear it first here at Hot Marriage Cool Parents that this book is not going to be, the original version is not going to be available ever again. So if you want to get your hands on it. It comes a collector's item. Yeah, you go to amazon.com or you can go to jamiotis.com and I'll sign one. And if you put in the memo when you order it, um, if you put in the memo, like your name and like who you, or who you want to address to, I would love to personalize it for you because I just genuinely enjoy doing that. It's like just how I give back and I just feel more connected to you. So yeah. So it's jamieotis.com or amazon.com for the book, Jamie Otis, uh, everything I got wrong after finding Mr. Right. There we go. Wait, wifey. Gosh, I really butchered that. Yeah, you did. I'm the, the, nothing like butchering your own book. Wifey 101, everything I got wrong after finding Mr. Right. Jeez Louise. Okay, let's bring Rachel back on. That is so true. And I feel like, well, one thing that I was always told as a child was, you know, we can't afford that. I come, I come from a very poor family. And so we really mm-hmm. truly can't afford that. And so I thought that I would want, like, I know that we're, I'm obviously in a different financial place that I was when I was growing up. And so I thought I should say the same thing because I thought like my mom never, of course, sat down and talked to me about money, but I learned because she said over and over and over again, we can't afford that. I learned like the value of a dollar, I guess, really quickly. And, um, I also like had custody of my siblings. So we were like scrounging for like, you know, to get food on the table even. So I learned these values very early in, in life and I'm thankful for that. And one thing that I like I heard was that you actually don't want to say to your child, um, you can't afford it. Like, and I don't know, like the, the whole psychology behind that. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if you, or even if you agree with that, but yeah, uh, well, I think, well, you know. it, yeah, it, it, it leans more of that scarcity mentality. Right. And probably maybe a little, depending on the age of your kids and even the tone of what you say it a little fear-based of like, oh my gosh, are we going to, are we going to be okay? Um, I do think there's times where it's appropriate, you know, and and honestly, this year that we're in, it's been a hard year financially for a lot of people. And so I think even things like Christmas look different for a lot of families, people are pulling back and, you know, and and so people are experiencing this. So I do think there is a a fairness in sitting down with your kids and laying out expectations that things may look different, but I think it's important to protect them in the sense of like, we're going to provide as parents, you know, this is where we're at but you don't need that responsibility on you. And so in your situation, Jamie, like, I don't know if this is your story, but it felt like a lot of the responsibility was on you as the kid, right? And so as much as we can as parents, the responsibility is on us. The kids, they, they're kids. They don't need to worry about that, but we are going to set expectations in the household of what's realistic uh, for them, right? And again, very age appropriately. But yeah, I think the whole like, we can't afford it. I've said that to my kids sometimes, just like make them be quiet. I'm like, we don't have the money for it. No, <laughs> the answer no. Because I don't yeah. have time and I don't talk yeah. to you. We just don't have the money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think like, yeah, more, I, I don't know how you would phrase it, but I could see that being a scarcity type mentality that you don't want to push on your kids and any fear-based things. 
But to say like, you know, we are, I mean, the budget, you can blame the budget. It's not in the budget. We, we take our money and we're specific in certain areas and it's not in that category this month. So I'm sorry. <laughs> and you, I mean, you had said, I, I think you had said there's that, you know, you didn't understand freedom until you learned budgeting, uh, yes. something like that. And so um, before we, we move on to more of a finances, because Jamie and I really want to ask you some questions um, <laughs> with, because, you know, while we're doing the saving uh, or not even saving, but while we're doing the chores commission, the allowance, they fill up their piggy banks, their immediate thought is, OK, let's go to the dollar store. So they'll collect coins to go to the dollar store. Which is really my fault because I'm like, well, if you earn, and at this point it's five quarters, I'm like, if you earn five <laughs> quarters, we can go get yeah. anything you want from this store because everything's only a dollar. Which is, I feel like a bad, that was not smart of me. Because now they think Target, they can get anything they want if they earn. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, it's not the same. It doesn't work that. <laughs> but, um, you know, what kind of getting, how do we get kids more comfortable with saving some of that instead of immediately wanting to spend it all? As soon as they get it, they spend it all. Um, yes. And I think it might go back to the concept of explaining what money is and, and saving over time. Yeah, yeah. And I think part of, to taking some of the money they've earned and making them save. And I say making, it sounds kind of harsh, but I would, I would make my kids give, save and spend. I mean, I look at them like we make them brush their teeth at night, right? We make them get, you know, do their homework. I have a third grader and we have to do our homework. Like there are things that you're going to do as a child that's going to set you up as an adult. And so those habits and those rhythms I want for my kids. So I do make them do all three. So I think making them save but you guys, we fell in the same exact bucket this summer because when they on their little safe thing, oh yeah, my daughter, she literally yep, would get get $2. And she's like, I want to go to Brilliant Sky, which is a very nice toy store. And I'm like, there's nothing for $2 at the toy yeah. store. <laughs> and so we did a no, we we did a no spend summer in June and July for the kids, even though they had their spend category, we were just so exhausted by them asking and asking. So that was one of the things we just put a limit and we said, you guys, you're still going to do your chores. You're still going to divide up and we're going to we're going to match whatever is in your spend category at the end of the summer. So we will match that dollar amount, but we're not spending anything. You are not spending any of your money this summer. So don't ask. We're not doing it. And it took about five days. They still mm -hmm. were like, oh, this, this it took about five days. And then they, they didn't ask again because they realized, you know, the answer is no. And then it forced them to play with the toys we have. And, mm -hmm. and honestly, too, the stuff they were buying was crap. I'm like, it was stuff that was going to break anyway. So I'm like, they started to actually learn and appreciate a level of contentment, I think, of having what they have and re realizing we're OK. And then at the end of the summer, we did. We doubled it and they went and got nicer things, not just from the mm -hmm. dollar store. Right. Some nicer toys uh, that were going to last. And it was great. And so, again, that was six months ago. Uh, but that was something as a parent, it was kind of our gut reaction. Sissy Goff always says like, trust your gut with parenting. And that was it. I was like, I just feel like even though they can technically spend, they don't need to. And so we put that in place and, and it was great. So I think there's rhythms like that too, as parents, you can kind of implement, you know, here and there. Um, <laughs> but I think them acting out and living out of not having the ability to spend and truly having to be okay with what was right in front of them. It was great. It was so nice. It was so nice. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, love that. that. Is, that is nice. And <clears throat> so um, going into your book, I'm glad for what I have. Was this a passion project for you or was this a story from personal experience with your kids? Uh, it was kind of both. Honestly, I've been wanting to write a kid's book now that I have three kids. And so I was just like, man, I would love one on contentment because, you know, we can talk about the dollars and cents of money. 
But there's the emotional side of money that is gratitude and contentment and generosity. There's this like spirit around money that I wanted to convey to my kids too. And so contentment, again, it's what something I struggle with personally. So, and watching my kids I'm like, oh yeah, they're going to struggle with it too. Uh, <laughs> so I did, I wanted just to have a very easy, short, you're welcome parents out there, short rhyming kind of whimsical story about it. And so it all came together, which was great. And at the end, there is a, there is a spiritual bent to it. So Jamie, you're sweet saying all the five stars. There's some one stars that people feel like I bamboozled them with a spiritual message at the end, which I did not mean to, but I do think even within that, you know, if I think having some level of higher power in life, right. And this is a totally different conversation. I do think is important for me. It is God. It could be something else for someone else, but learning that we're not God. Like when we start to look inward and expect everything just inside of us, I think that creates a level of selfishness and a lot of unhealth, honestly. And even as an adult, like there, there's something about reaching beyond ourselves that I think is really important. So that's one reason I put that at the end of the book, because there's something bigger than us that I think really gives us a level of contentment that stuff here, even though it's not bad, it just doesn't fulfill us the way we think it does. And we work so hard as adults as for outcomes of like, I want a Tesla or I want to go to your, uh, we work for these outcomes. I want a million dollars, you know, whatever it is, we work for these outcomes and we, we focus so hard on them. And I love goal setting and all of it, but there is something about us focusing on outcomes and once the outcome comes and it becomes the norm, what, it's, what? You, yeah. you, you're looking for something else for that desire. Do you know what I'm saying? So it ends up being this kind of rat in a wheel mentality yeah. um, exactly. that can be so dangerous. Yeah. Because so for me, like I said, I grew up super duper poor and I honestly, I just wanted enough money first for groceries. And when I got that, yeah. I mean, that was, I'm forever thankful for that. Mm. But then it was like, oh, I want, I wanted a house with stairs because I lived in a trailer. And so I got a house with stairs uh, when Doug and I, like we bought our first home and it had stairs. And of course I'm very, very thankful for this house and stuff, but there's, but it doesn't make you happy per se. You know, it doesn't like my bank account was full and I could provide food and I had a house with stairs and I had these things, but there was still something missing in my heart. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like these things that we, and I don't want my children to think like, oh, if I can just save up enough and I can get this, then I'm going to be happy. Like, yeah. no, that is not, I've, I'm living testimony that that really yes. true. I mean, people say it over and over again and you know and it is funny I mean money does buy like a lot of things but it doesn't yeah, and fun right I mean there's fun yeah. stuff out there and it's oh, great yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely like I do not diminish that at all it is real nice to be able like when our tires needed to be swapped out I was like wow I can afford to just take it to mm. the right now I don't yep. have to wait and save like I don't have to worry yeah. about driving on bald tires like I can take it right to the garage and I can get them swapped out into like fresh ones that's real nice. I am. Mm -hmm. However, I have found myself that, you know, like when I'm at the top of my career, what it seems to be, like I have more money in the bank. I have an amazing husband, all these things like, but just talking about like a higher power and God and, you know, whatever it is that you believe you, it is so important to be able, I think, to be able to lean on that and to trust in that because we aren't like we, we aren't necessarily able to just fulfill our own happiness with these things that we think we can achieve. Like you think that you can, but you may not, you won't be able to, like, I, I just, I'm just living testimony of that. Like the things that you try to buy to fulfill happiness, it's not always going to make you happy. And so I think it's so important this book, I'm telling you, I'm really, really passionate about it because mm. It's well, because it is written, of course, in a beautiful, it's so beautifully illustrated, by the way. Yes, the illustrations. 
it's beautiful. It's written, just like you said, in a very whimsical, rhyming, very enjoyable way to read. And it's definitely written in a tone like it's like they buy all this stuff and they can't fit in their house. Like, what are they going to do? You know? And then at the end, I personally love the message at the end. So, you know, don't listen to the one star because there are people who love <laughs> the message at the end because it's because it's true. Like, you know, we are not in control of of that fulfillment. We cannot fulfill ourselves that way. We, there is a higher power out there. There is, I believe in God as well. And, but if you believe it's the universe or earth mother or whatever, you know, that it's true. I mean, we all came from something. And so anyways, I love that you've written this in a way that you can instill that in young children and we can have a conversation about it afterwards. Like my kids, I don't think even quite get it yet. Like we've read your book a couple of times mm -hmm. and he kept asking Henley, you know, what, what, what's the meaning? What, yeah. what did you get from this book? Yeah. And something that I personally took from it uh, at the end and, and what struck a chord with me was, you know, we get stuck in our house, we get stuck in a bubble. And even when I'm walking the dog, like I'm looking at my phone, I have my headphone in and it was just like, there's so much out there. There's so much beauty that's mm. already there you know, let's go outside to play. We don't have to watch TV. Let's, let's go find, go on a scavenger hunt for something in the woods. Like that was, that was something that really hit me while I was. Yeah. There's different it. ways to enjoy yes. life buying stuff, you know? Totally. Absolutely. And yeah. And I've even found personally, I'm like, if I put my energy, my time, even my money towards things and opportunities that money can't buy for me, like that's where fulfillment comes. Like when I'm just with my family, I'm like, you can't buy that or friendships like mm -hmm. you can't buy that or having a passion for your work like you can't purchase that. Like, what are the things you can't purchase? And because those things can't be taken away from you. Right. I'm from a physical sense. And so my identity and the time and the energy I put in life, I've started to shift more to be like, is this on? is this on things that you just no one else can buy? Because that's the gift. Like, those are the things that truly it sounds cheesy, but it's true. I'm like. There is a level of peace in that when I rest and like, that's where I'm putting my time and my energy in that stuff, because that, those are the things in life that in my head or in my own personal experience, give me more fill up than the new code at J crew. Right. Like I'm like, it, it is true. I'm like, and when I put my time and my energy and my stress on these things, I look back, I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, what? Why? You know? Then yeah. you're on to the next. Uh, yeah, then yeah. that true coat is out of season or out of style for the fashion next season. Yeah. And you're That's like, right. darn it. Moving on. I know. And, and um, but I, I do want to I do want to sw switch gears real quick because uh, something that Jamie and I really want to ask you is what advice do you have for someone that recently parted ways with their financial advisor and are now managing their entire portfolio with zero experience whatsoever? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, okay. So I would say on the investment side specifically, okay. so we can maybe do categories if that's easier on the investment side, is that, is, are you talking more business, business manager or investment professional? Uh, so we both, the person do everything. Everything. Yeah, so, everything. Uh, yeah, she really. was a fiduciary. I, so yeah, re retirement. Um, yeah, she did everything yeah. for us. Okay. And, and investing, uh, investing. Okay. So I will say, you may not like my answer. I am a fan of having somebody in your corner that is looking at everything and specifically with investments, because my investment strategy, whether it's 401ks or 403bs, Roth IRAs, 
I am a proponent of diversifying, meaning like mutual funds within these categories of retirements. Um, so when it comes to those specifically, specifically retirement, I'll just say that. I do like having somebody that's overlooking because people that are professionals in the space, um, they eat, breathe this stuff. Like they they know it like the back of their hand. So for me, I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to put the energy in looking at every single thing, even though you need to be knowledgeable of what your, where your money's going. For me, there's a safety in having somebody looking over all of that. And usually a good investment professional will look at taxes, estate planning, like they will look at your big picture. So for me, I like having someone like that in my corner. Now I will say, like any industry out there, there are people that are gross. Yeah. And you meet with them and you're like, I don't trust them. I don't like them. Don't use them. Even though everybody's going to Bob and you meet with Bob and you don't like Bob, don't, don't go with Bob. Yeah. Find yeah. somebody that you really trust that has the heart of a teacher, mm -hmm. not the heart of a salesman. Someone mm -hmm. that will sit down with you regardless of where you are financially and want to help you with this, right? So the person I do think you, you have to have that trust with. Now there's other investments. I'm not a fan of like single stocks. I'm not a fan of Robinhood or crypto or all of that, but you could even open a Vanguard account on your own, which is index funds. If you just want to put some money and park some money just in a Vanguard account, you can do that. Anyone can do that on their own, right? That's outside of retirement though. Sure. Um, so yeah, so looking at that, I um, you can do that as well. So again, I don't know if that's the answer you want, but I do like having somebody in my corner, but I think there's very reasonable and needed ways to part with certain people. And that's a hard thing to do. I know, but, um, but I do like having somebody in my corner just to be overlooking. Cause even our guy who we love, we had a property that we were going to sell to build the house that we're in now. And he walked us through a couple of tax things that I was like, Oh my gosh, we would have totally missed it. It was for our advantage. Like it, we had actually worked for us that I never would have thought about or seen. So, you know what I mean? Like they can really yeah. help in the details of all of that. So I do like the safety of that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think we, you know, we're, we're not looking to manage it. Uh, for, no, we have no idea for what we're doing, time, but yeah. you know, we, we are in that, that period of now we want to go find somebody else, somebody that's yes. local. Uh, so I, yes. Yeah, so we have, I'll plug Ramsey for a second, but we have SmartVestor pros all over the country that we work with that do this. So we have people like within insurance, investing, real estate, like different sectors of life that help people in these parts. So if you look up a smart investor and there should be multiple in your area. And I, that that's some, those are people that Ramsey vets and recommends. Um, so they're all over the country. So you can find someone local. So that's a, you could start there. No pressure. <laughs> but if you need a starting off point, that's it. Yeah. because it, it is something that we don't, we are fully aware that we're not educated nearly enough. Like we don't even, sometimes we're like, we don't even know where our money is because we're, and I feel like even us is, you know, now having our own small business, but even when I was a nurse working at the hospital and they would take out money, you know, for my 401k, I had no idea where that money was going. I would get these statements and I was like, I guess that's for my <laughs> retirement. So, I mean, whether you're a small business or whether you're working, you know, for a W2 or, you know, whatever, yep. like, I mean, yep. this affects everybody. Like we should all kind of educate ourselves a little bit more on where is our money going? Like, who's like, who's in charge of this? Like, because even, I mean, now I am 37 years old and I still, and this is why I'm like, I am genuinely excited for you, like your children's <laughs> book to try to teach this in my children, mm -hmm. because I am 37 years old and I don't know like where my money is or how much money I have or, yes. you know, um, totally. And you're not, and you're not crazy. Like, like that is, it's a very normal, that is a very normal stance. And so 
Yeah. When I do talk to, I mean, I talk to people and they're like, I don't even know how to log into my checking account. You know, like they, they don't even have the password and yeah. username. Right. I mean, it's things like that. And so getting those basics in line and the beautiful thing is it doesn't have to be complicated. Right. Like, I mean, we could even walk through it now. Like you need a checking account mm-hmm. to do your everyday expenses. Right. Checking account. Winston and I, we have a high yield savings account. And so we actually have two accounts within that. And we have a we have a emergency fund of three to six months of expenses in one that we don't touch. Like that's I don't even act like it's there. Like we don't even have it. It's just for the just in case, just in case, just in case. Right. And then we have another savings um, for short term. We're, we're wanting to do a pool next year. So we're like saving kind of in that short term. Um, we have that. And then we have our retirement 401ks and Roth IRAs. That's with the guy we were, I was telling you about, right? An investment professional. Um, and then we have a mutual fund with him that we thought about we may switch and do a Vanguard account on our own there, right? So there's like five-ish accounts that yeah. that is good, you know, to have. And that's that's really yeah. all you need. I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. Yeah. And what happens is it becomes intimidating and it's like, I don't even know where to start. So if you even just spend some time consolidating, you don't, you know, just have four or five things that you see that, you know, this is what it is. And it's amazing. I was actually doing an interview yesterday uh, with, with someone who recently was divorced. And she was telling me that this was her first time that she had to, on her own, do all of this. Mm-hmm. And she was like, and I was so scared. She was like, it literally my body, I could feel the anxiety rise up every time money was talked about. But she said now she was like, it is more empowering than I ever would have thought. She was like, there is something about having control over it that gives you this piece of like, oh my gosh, I do know exactly where everything is. And if I don't like something, I can change it. Right. Like, and I know what to do. So, so it is the knowledge piece of this is, um, it feels basic. And I know you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. A lot of people don't. And once you just have that checked off, it's like, okay, now we can actually look at our monthly expenses and do actually more of an intentional budget. And like, you start to feel this level of control. That's really healthy. Right. I think some control can be unhealthy. This is good control. We want oh, yeah. control over our money and it's, and it's good. So yeah, yeah, you guys, you're doing great. You're doing great. Thank you. So <laughs> on that note of the budgeting, I have before like downloaded the every dollar app from, oh, yes. and I'm not gonna lie, I got really overwhelmed and I'm like, I don't have, you know, a steady income. I ha- it comes up and down because one week, maybe I'll have it's the nature of the business. Yeah. It's yeah. just when you're self-employed, that's the way it goes. And so I'm like, I could see how that every dollar is really, really beneficial for someone who has a steady income. Cause they'll be like, I earned this much. And then this is, but what about if you, how are you able to incorporate apps like that to, for budgeting when you don't actually know how much you're going to earn every single it's month? It's unpredictable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm getting your same boat. I'm, I'm highly commissioned. So depending on what is going on in my world, some months are low, some months are high. So yeah, I so what we do, Winston and I, we kind of just guesstimate at the beginning of the month and we're just like, okay, this is like a rounded out, like it's going to change. Like it's not going to be exactly what we put, but we're going to just kind of guesstimate this is what we think it is. And then we go ahead and make our budget from there. And then for me, we I get paid the 15th and at the end of the month. So when the 15th pay- paycheck hits or I get my commission, I know ahead of time what I'll get paid about the 10th or so. I'll go in and adjust and say, okay, this is actually kind of what it is. And then adjust from there. And then my other paycheck hits and then adjust from there. So, so there is more adjusting when you are more com- commission-based or it's not a consistent income. So it does take a little bit more effort, but what I always kind of shoot for, I shoot low always. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. all right, this is probably the lowest and making sure that everything's covered. Um, and you guys, you know, possibly are probably in a place that your month to month bills, right? Food, electricity, all of that could be covered even in a low month. But for some people, it can't. So I would put a buffer in your checking, have a buffer that on the low months, 
the basics are covered that you never want to get behind on those. And so there is some planning and changing throughout the month, uh, but it is still possible. And it, it'll take, you know, probably three or four months to kind of get in that rhythm. Uh, but I do find that it is, it's still, it's still so helpful because we can go back to July and be like, okay, how much was that vacation? Like, it's just amazing. You can go back and pinpoint things. That's, it's just really helpful. So I'll, uh, I'm going to have Sam, my publicist, send you guys every dollar premium because we have the premium version that connects to your bank account. So when you swipe your debit card, transactions come into the app. And okay. so then you can drag and drop them like into groceries or into, you know, Target. Mm -hmm. If there's diapers, you can put it in the kids category, like however you do it. So okay. you can actually keep kind of a real time of, hey, what's in each category? And and the great thing is we're all adults. So you get to decide how much money you want <laughs> in each category and all of that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it is. And that sounds really granular and it can be a little overwhelming at first, but it takes about 90 days. So that's good to know because. Yeah, I definitely got really overwhelmed. But just like you said, with the woman who is newly divorced, I can sense that there is power in the knowledge. It's just exhausting and sh like stressful and a little um, debilitating to, to try to tackle this beast. You yes. know, I'm, but I'm not the only one that feels that way for anyone's listening. But like, totally. But then once you tackle it, I feel like, like, because for example, we did part ways with our financial advisor and for, you know, she, you know, she's great and everything's, you know, we just moved and whatever. And yeah. so- and we really didn't have an understanding at all. And I went into when I, to be very honest and frank, I went into her, which is probably my, I was like, to tell you the dog, I'm like, I probably should have never been so honest, but I'm pretty honest. And I was like, we have no idea what we're doing. I have X amount of dollars just sitting in the bank account, not a high yielding or anything. I didn't even know about high yielding. And I just right. didn't know what to do with it because I'm used to being a nurse at the hospital where they do that for you. And I don't have to think about it. And I just trust that they're doing it the right way kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and I told her, I, I really did need like a teacher, like someone, like if she was able to explain to me like what we're doing and she's a very busy, very successful with her practice. And I feel like that, that, that kind of was just, it kind of fell short. And so I still felt like I had no idea what was going on. We were losing money, like in the stock market, which I don't even know. I know that it's long-term and all this stuff, but I was like, that's difficult to see. It's really difficult when, when you start seeing certain categories just going down I and know. then you pull up the news and just like. But everything's in green. Why are we red? Yeah. Right yeah. And, yeah. You know, I mean, there's a it's um, good questions to ask. That's exactly yeah. right. I mean, that's yep. And then there's so you know, we're paying our monthly, you know, where it's just like we're really not getting a lot from uh yeah, from, yeah. or at least it was the perception was right. There. Right. Totally, totally. You know, yes. We finally had we finally had a, a Utah account for the kids, and you know, we got set up with a Roth IRA, 401ks, we consolidated and there is power yeah. and kind of like kind of taking control of it, like, because you can take control of it. And so thanks for having Sam send us the, uh, you know, your every dollar. I'm going to try my best. I mean, it's like you said, it's time consuming and it's a little overwhelming, um, yes, but it's, yes. it's probably worth it. I can imagine. I mean, there's a reason why <laughs> millions of people use it all the time. So we're going to yes. give this a, a good, a good old do college. It. Yes, <laughs> do it. T message me if you need help. I'll help. <laughs> um, before before we let you go, and uh, we really appreciate the time. Yes. Um, with the holidays coming up, um, what are some smart spending or smart shopping strategies or hacks that that you may recommend? Uh, my number one is don't go into debt. Yeah. <laughs> so often we can people swipe the credit card. Credit card debt's at an all time high right now in our country, and so 
the holidays come and you get excited and people, again, it's out of good intention, but they just end up going, 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 going and swiping. And then the January you hates the December. You're thinking, what did I do? So so have a, you know, kind of what we're talking about budgeting, do a level of that with Christmas and just list out, okay, here are the people we're going to buy gifts for. Here's the money we have to spend. And so we're going to divide up the money and decide, okay, here's exactly what it is. And you stick to a plan. And honestly, like, and it sounds kind of heartless, but a lot of people are at a place that they don't have all the money to spend. So if there's adults in your life and you're still sending Aunt Rita a Christmas gift, she's fine. Aunt Rita's fine. If Aunt Rita needs a blender, she can buy a blender. It's not up to you to save everyone. So don't feel like you have yeah. to go buy a gift for everyone. And don't feel this obligation that when people, I because I feel this, if someone gives me a gift, I'm like, oh my gosh, like write their name down. I can I get them a gift? And I'm like, and that's not even the spirit. Like that's not even yeah. probably what they expect, but I put that on my, you know, it's like these small expectations just lower them, lower them, do less. And it's okay. Everyone's going to be okay. No one remembers what they got for Christmas two years ago, right? Last year. I'm like, it's, it is a thing. So I would say that I would say, you know, with your, with your kids, um, you know, if you have the ability to go all out and that's like your thing and you want to do it, that's great. Right. That's not a bad thing. But again, it's within the limits of your life. And I think we just have to be adults in it and not let the expectation of others or what's going on or, you know, all of that dictate how we're spending our money. So, so I would say, don't go into debt and go in with a plan if you can for your shopping, even though a lot of people have done their shopping already, but um, just be wise about it. Cause it's every year you're going to yeah. get another try next year. Right. It doesn't stop. And so it and is be a place for what you have. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. It is a, it is. It's amazing. And the generosity piece, like if there's a, a time and a place for your family, I always, I mean, any time is great for generosity, but there's so many opportunities now with the season. Um, so plug into something, you know, our kids, our, our church does kind of like an angel tree type thing. And so we did, we took a few cards off and went through and just did it for them. And, and even having this sweet conversations of like, Oh, this can be for kids who, who really, you know, who need this stuff. I'm like, that's exactly right. You guys, cause y'all don't need anything. <laughs> These kids do have something. It's a great thing. Right. Uh, so yeah, it, it's all of that, but it's, it's a fun season, but I think we just can get really out of control and yeah. And, and, and it can harm us in the long run if we're not careful. Absolutely. Well, I've been also loving your Instagram content. Like I saw your reel the other day and you're like, I could go buy a $20 sweater. Cause I really like it. I'm not going to, I'm going to go look in my closet and find something else because we have enough clothes. We don't need to go buy something for occasion you know all the time that's so, a challenge for me i love clothes so this is like a i know any special tv thing that's not necessarily well but, but that's because i need to go out and buy clothes in full transparency they don't like clothes they don't already. like you to wear the same thing when we're shooting for married at first sight you know we were married at we first have sight. bags in the trunk of things from like a year ago well, that's because of COVID. to return that we haven't returned I yet i'm feeling a little naked right now he's he's burying all my exposing everything <laughs> But no, that was because of COVID. I had to like, we didn't have the dressing rooms. And so I had to just go buy and, and I was postpartum. So I was a different, I'm like, I don't even know what size I am. I have to shoot this show. I, there was no way to try it on. So I bought yes. like three different sizes and then was like, gosh, when am I going to have time to return these other sizes? Which I feel like, you know, I used to look at people like that and be like, wow, must be nice. You know, <laughs> like just because I didn't Where have- Where you came a, from, yes. Yes, exactly. And so, um, but- yeah, it's actually not that nice. So 
<laughs> um, but it does feel good to be able to donate those, to be very honest, to like Goodwill. Yeah. But, oh, absolutely. For sure. Needless to say, thank you so much for everything, Rachel. I feel like this has been so helpful for us personally, but for everyone listening as well. I hope that those of you listening have really gotten a tidbit for like a little piece of this for you. And if you're yeah. with you, if you have kids, like truly, I highly recommend Rachel's book because it's just very beautiful. It's very whimsical. It's nothing else. It's just that. But then also hopefully implants a seed in our kids to be like, <laughs> I can be glad for what I have. And I don't need all this extra stuff. And true happiness doesn't come from it anyways. It really comes from God and, you know, in different ways. And so, um, Rachel, where is everyone able to find you if they're like jiving on everything we're talking about? Where can they find you in all the places? Yes. So I have the Rachel Cruz show podcast and smart money happy hour. I co-host the Ramsey show as well. So you can check those shows out, uh, and go to, yeah, rachelcruz.com. I'm on all the socials, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all the things. So yeah, so lots of content where you Try to pump out as much money content as possible. So awesome. don't know how long with all You're of that. Awesome. You are yeah. a rock star. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, thank you guys. Well, thanks for all you guys do. I love everything that y'all do. I'm like, you just send such like joy out into the world and such realness, which I feel like is so needed in general, but especially in the social media niche. And you guys yeah. just do it so well. You do it so well. So thank, thank, you, you, thank you. Thanks for well, having me. If we're, if you're ever in Sarasota, let us know. Cause we would love to have you. And when we're in Nashville, we'll definitely hit you up. <laughs> Please do. Please do. Right. So Thank fun. you so much, Rachel. What a fantastic interview. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot. I hope you learned a lot. Yes. Especially with kids and explaining money to kids. Are you talking to me or to everyone? I to, hope you learned a lot. To, to everyone, uh, but mostly me. Yeah. Because for a parent that, that doesn't really have the, the knowledge, uh, even, you know, some of the basics. I mean, I think I'm getting better now and more knowledgeable, but for me to pass along any substantive, substantive conversation to my kids. Substantive? I don't, um, substantive. Substantive. Okay. We're going to work on our vocabulary and our budgeting. (laughs) It'd be tough. It'd be tough for me to try to teach my kids when I don't fully know myself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, Rachel, we met in person recently at the family made event and she's just the most genuine, humble, down to earth woman. Super smart. Yeah. Just so kind and knowledgeable. And so I'm excited to, I really wanted to figure out that um, Ramsey every dollar solution app because we don't really budget that well right now. Mm -hmm. Like we just, we, and we, but the thing is, is that I really don't know. Like some months I make less, some nights I make more. And so a commission only job, it's tough to make predictions and and try to budget. But I think, you know, getting budgeting and getting the basics of what's going out, uh, can be also equally as important as, you know, trying to put a, estimated number on what's coming in just so you yeah. know oh and you know we never talked about married at first sight yeah well we, we could quick... do a big recap uh next week okay we're gonna do a ginormous recap on married at first sight next episode week episode seven was explosive it, it all of a sudden went from they are all very very happy and i had high hopes mm-hmm. kind of at least for a couple of them to now Honey i'm like is supposed to be happy but no but like i'm talking about their wedding like they were happy and then the honeymoon things kind of went Orion. Uh, yeah, for one couple in particular, Lauren and Orion and Orion. Yeah. 
Um, but anyways, well, we're going to do a ginormous recap for Married at First Sight next week because it's about time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And for any parents uh, with young kids, uh, Jamie and I love Rachel Cruz's children's book. Uh, I'm glad for what I have. It, you can get it available. It's available everywhere. Yeah, Amazon. Read, great pictures, I, everything. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a great message. So anyways, thank you so much for listening to us and thank you so much for the five-star reviews. And if you're still listening to this very, very moment, I want to tell you I love you. Thanks for listening to the very end of our podcast. You the best. Love you. Bye. Love you. Have a good week. Bye.